Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople in the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content can, here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. So I've left this one till last minute because, you know, I had life pop up this week. I've had about three scoops of pre-workout and two coffees, and I'm trying to blitz this one out while my kids are sleeping, my wife is sleeping, and get this one set and in the queue to actually be released on time. That's about the only thing that I've promised you guys is that I'm going to be consistent. So here we go. I'm in a pretty bad mood. Uh, the Canucks just got manhandled by the Canadians. If you're not familiar with the NHL or Canada in general, I'm pretty obsessed with the Canucks. And when they lose, it, it tends to put me in a pretty bad mood. So I figured this is the perfect time to record a podcast. So GameStop, Wall Street bets, you know, all this stuff has been happening this week, which I think is pretty incredible to see just a bunch of people getting together and absolutely screwing these hedge funds out of literally billions of dollars in holdings. It's amazing. But anyway, if you're like me, I I never realized that Reddit was for anything more than amateur porn until all of a sudden it started making mainstream news now. So I downloaded the app. I have no idea how to navigate it, but I think the only thing I'm following is Wall Street Bets to try to make some sense of what's going on because it's, I don't know, it's a fascinating story. And now they're talking about silver getting pumped up and that they're behind it but now the more i read through it it sounds like it's just you know these same hedge funds trying to pump and use mainstream media to try to boost basically their holdings in silver so that they can somehow cut their losses on these gamestop shorts and try to divert funds into them anyway that's all way above my pay grade way above my knowledge level when it comes to this stuff but to me I don't care. I've been stockpiling silver now for about 10 months. My wife and I are just waiting for this looming debt crisis, inflation crisis, whatever you want to call it. These money printing presses have been just going bananas for the past roughly a year. So it's got to come crashing down at some point. We figured that silver and gold would be a good hedge against it. So we've been kind of stockpiling a little bit here and there wherever we can. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm happy with it. Whatever. Whoever wants to pump whatever they want to try to start this, you know, money crisis and crash the stock market, crash whatever they want to. I don't know. It It's crazy to me. It seems like a game. But, you know, we're going to try to hold on and anything that they're doing, it's just helping our little stockpile. So bring it on. It's it's a blast to watch and it's pretty cool to see these head funds, hedge funds squirm in their pants while all these just no-name people are taking their, their stimulus checks and really sticking it to the man it's awesome but thanks to these wall street bets and you know gamestop wormholes and whatever all the the pumping of the silver like all this stuff it's just eating up my week i find every night my wife goes to bed and then i just fall into this wormhole meaning to go down and record an episode it never happens because i'm trying to i don't know i'm just getting caught up in this it's interesting it's it's wild to me to see this the tables actually get flipped for a change and the little guy's winning. It's awesome. I just wish that I had jumped on board or even known about it. But um, yeah, so any of you guys, next time you hear about something like this that's going to take off and shoot to the moon, let me know because <laughs> I would like to get into on it, even if it just means dropping a couple hundred bucks. It's wild to me, man. And just to see 
like I said, to see the tables turned and to see these big guys just getting it absolutely handed to them by the masses is so cool. Right now I'm working on a couple of guests trying to find, you know, somebody who wants to come on and talk about this, maybe educate me a little bit better because half of what I'm reading is gibberish. And if you get into those <laughs> Wall Street bet sites, it is way funnier than you might expect. I mean, holy shit, the way that they're, they just refer to the, the whole market and it's, anyway, it's a lot more interesting than I would have thought stocks or, you know, the market to be. It's, it's pretty funny. So anyway, I'm kind of going through different show notes from different episodes that I'd kind of cooked up or really they're all just half cooked. Um, none of them are a complete episode. So I figured I'd kind of mash a few of them together because a lot of these topics I may never get to otherwise. So the biggest one that I wanted to talk about, one that drives me absolutely up the wall is MLMs. I understand that they make they make people money, very few people who are at the top of these pyramids. And part of it comes from you know, uh, a little bit of a vendetta. I've lost money on them. I got sucked into one before and it pissed me off and it's kind of, it soured me to the whole the whole scheme, which I think a lot of people are in that boat, especially anybody like me in their 30s. Uh, you've probably been approached by some random friend from high school you haven't talked to in a decade and tried to get you into a multi-level marketing thing. And again, it happened to me. I got sucked in, lost money. And uh swore to never do it again so at least you know lesson learned it's uh it's frustrating and they all kind of start with the same theme you know trying to pitch it as this dream job this thing you don't really have to do anything for blah 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 blah. and so that kind of got me started on this whole topic of dream jobs and man just you know what fuck waiting around trying to find a dream job I don't think there's anything that's more detrimental to somebody than sitting around and waiting for that opportunity to fall in your lap and not taking advantage of what you have in front of you or the opportunities that you do have laid out before you because you can build something from what may seem like a field you're not interested in. That's one of the big drawing points for me to getting people into the trades. It's something that you know I think a lot of people look at as dirty work or somehow below them, beneath them, something that, you know, it's it doesn't take a lot of brain power, it's not an interesting job, it's monotonous, it's dirty, whatever. All different kinds of things are used to talk about the trades, but I, I don't think they could be any farther from the truth if they tried. And you know, at this age, like, I've got, I've got buddies who have waited around for this dream opportunity or that dream opportunity. Again, a lot of it loops back to MLMs, they've been a part of a lot of them, and it's just none of them ever work out. Like, I don't understand how many times people can kind of beat their head against the wall, do the exact same thing, thinking that they'll have a different outcome. I mean, that, you know, it's the age old saying, but that's the definition of insanity. And I don't understand why so many people continually fall for it. And their, their pitch is always the same. It's like, hey, jump into this with me. You know, we'll make tons of money. We don't have to do anything. It sells itself, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard the same spiel. And it drives me crazy. Whereas you could literally just pick up a set of tools for a couple hundred bucks and go make that back in a day, two days max, if you're just starting. And then you're just cruising from there and you're actually building a career. But you know, people don't want to get dirty. People don't want to really put in that grunt work that that sweat and that bit of blood maybe to to actually get farther ahead in life. They'd rather just sit waiting for a gravy train, waiting for somebody to hand them this golden opportunity. Hint, it doesn't exist. 
I'll save you all that heartache. It does not exist. If you want to build something, you've got to put in the work to build it from the ground up. It's not going to be it's not going to be pre-built for you. It's not something that you can just walk in, take the controls and all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire or making six figures a year. That's not the way it works. And you know what? If you're a salesperson for one of these MLMs and you have a product that I may enjoy using or taking, I'll buy it. I don't have anything against that. I'm just don't expect me to become another rung in the ladder and sell it. I'm not a salesperson. I have no interest in doing that or approaching friends and family and trying to sell them a product or trying to get them on board to become salespeople under me. That's not my thing. And so, <laughs> yeah, if you ever hear me on this podcast promoting some MLM scheme that I'm now a part of, just know I've given up. That's it. I'm, I'm not interested in really furthering this anymore. My passions aren't in it. I'm selling out and I'm done. So that's my opinion on it. I just, again, I'll buy your product. I have no intention of ever becoming a salesperson for it though. So again, back to waiting around for dream jobs, being in your 30s. You know, I've got friends who I've watched them, you know, start apprenticeships or start certain career paths, then get bored and say it's not for them, say it's, you know, it doesn't fuel my interests or whatever, whatever other spiel they want to give. It's, you know what, it, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just have to stick to something and go for it. Like that, that's what life is all about. I mean, if you want to get ahead in something, you got to put in the grunt hours, you got to put in the work. And so to me, it, it's just, it's frustrating to watch so many people that, you know, I care about friends that I am really close with, but watching them just squander opportunity after opportunity to jump to the next best thing, the thing that might really pique their interest. It's like, all right, you know what, we still got a long way to go if we're in our 30s. But like, it, it's time to start to pick something and something that you can kind of move ahead with. That's not saying that you should find a field that, you know, drives you crazy, you can't find any meaning in you hate it, whatever, and then just grind it out for 50 years and pray for retirement and then die within five years of putting the tools down. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there, there aren't there aren't any shortcuts, you aren't going to just magically hop on to yeah, a, a million dollar job or a six figure income, you've got to just work at something and find purpose out of it. It's not always about oh shit. Sorry, I'm a little bit amped up and uh, throwing stuff around here in my my office, whatever. It's late. I'm way too hopped up on caffeine. And the other thing about this too, is that you know, you're never trapped in an industry. I hear a lot of people say, you know, I don't, I just don't like trades. It's not something that I'm interested. In. I'm not going to spend my life doing it. You don't have to spend your life doing trades. Once you get your trade certificate, that's good for life. Like, you know, you may want to take some upgrader courses because technology changes that fast, especially electrical. I've been in it for, what is it, 16 years now. And I don't know how many technological improvements have come and gone, like from wireless switching to all these different Z wave, all these all these different type of switching schemes and technology. You know, it's tough to stay on top of and I'm nowhere near on top of it all. I just try to try to stick to my specific industry and stay on top of it as best I can. That's all you can do. But once you get that trade ticket, you're good for life. I mean, you could go do whatever you want to do. I don't or I can't at this stage because I have a family. That's what I chose to do. But if you're a single person or whatever, you've got girlfriend, wife, husband, boyfriend, whatever, you can go do whatever you want after. You've got that trade certificate under your belt. Come back to it if you ever need to make money or work nights, work weekends, whatever, to put yourself through school. This, this isn't this isn't some ball and chain that you're going to be carrying around with the rest of your life. It's a, 
applicable skill that will get you hired at any time. Just, I can't recommend it enough. Like again, to my friends who have kind of, they're in their 30s to mid 30s now, no certificates, no real formal education of any kind. They've just hopped from job to job to job, trying to find something that will, you know, fulfill their meaning or whatever it is. Just get a certificate and then you can go chase whatever dream you want to. But at least now you've got something under your belt. It drives me crazy because I've got, you know, I see my friends and I know that they've got all this potential. They could do, could be doing all this stuff, but they're hampered by the one thing that holds most people back, money. They can't afford to go to school. They can't afford to do any of this. Well, if you had gotten a trade certificate under your belt, you could have paid your way through school and now you would have your second career, whatever you wanted to do. I don't I don't remember the stats, but it's something like people go through an average of five career changes now in life. Like that's that's nuts. And I, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying that if you want one that'll stick with you for the rest of your life that you could always go back to, that's why I'm so passionate about trades. That's why I like to consider myself an advocate for them. It's something that has allowed me to build my life. I've seen other friends who have gone through trades and now they're into you know, whether it be stocks or being brokers or being, you know, into real estate, whatever it may be, they've got this certificate under their belt and it helped them pay their way through school. It helped them pave the way to the next career that they wanted to do. I think it's amazing. And it just, it's something that's been really, I don't know, firing me up, frustrating me a little bit, just watching friends who are kind of spinning their tires. And especially nowadays where, you know, I've harped on this enough, uh, but yeah, fuck, I'm going to repeat it again. It's so competitive out there now. You may as well have an actual applicable skill that you could use to make money if everything else dries up. If you're able to build something or fix something with your hands, you know how handy that is going forward? There's always a job for you. There's always something that you can do, something that needs fixing or being built. That that doesn't end. That's just part of maintenance and upkeep with you know, the way society is now. And you want to get talk about being stuck in a shitty dead end job. What happens when you're kind of trying to navigate through life and you, you know, you're just going for a job for pure survival purposes? Well, what jobs are really out there for you at that stage? If you don't have any training, you don't have anything like that, you're going to be stuck in some menial, probably boring job that you're not going to find much purpose in. And that's because You've spent all this time looking for this dream job when you could have just, you know, built yourself a solid foundation and then go off and chase whatever you want to, you know, like you're never trapped in an industry or a career, but what position would you rather be negotiating from when you're looking for that next move? One where you're unemployed or one where you have a career path and then you're looking to upgrade. And so you're able to kind of negotiate that with your next employer too, or whatever that next step may be, you can you can kind of parlay that and work it for you and rather than sitting there unemployed and you're just going to take whatever you can get. You're not going to be able to really, you're not going to be able to negotiate for yourself a good position in that company or a good salary. You're not going to be able to do that because you're running from, you know, you're running on the baseline of survival. You're just trying to get that next paycheck. You're trying to cover your rent, cover your food, whatever it may be. Like, think about where you can kind of, go in life and think about what position you want to be negotiating that next move from. It's just frustrating watching, you know, friends and family waste time looking for that perfect fit 
Like just apply yourself. You'll discover way like so many different things about yourself and different strengths that you've got in whatever area you're going into. You know, if it's something that you can just even if your reason for starting it is because, hey, I have to eat or I have to cover my mortgage. Whatever the reason may be that you start it, you can find a lot of purpose in it. And it's something that, you know, I try to stress a lot on here. It's something that I don't hear enough of, generally speaking, is people, you know, finding finding meaning in whatever job you're in, whatever field you're in, whether you're a truck driver, you're, you know, I mean, they're not out of work in this whole period of the, the lockdowns and everything. Truck drivers aren't out of work. Tradespeople aren't out of work, unless you're in Alberta. Thanks, Trudeau. All this, all these kind of jobs, like you may think of them as being menial or beneath you, but really, uh, they're all still working. We're all still working. And there's something to be said for that. There's, there's tangible value in any of those jobs. I mean, you may not think it when you look at them or, you know, when you hear about that job, but trust me, there's a reason that all these fields are still going and are still considered essential through all this stuff that's going on, all these lockdowns. Okay, I think I harped on, on that enough. Um, who knows? I may come back to it. Like I said, lots of caffeine. I'm kind of running on empty right now. But let's look at somebody. Okay, so going back to starting somewhere, starting from something that maybe maybe it didn't pique your interest. Maybe you didn't have a ton of desire to be in that field, whatever it is. But you look at, okay, so let's look at Elon Musk. I'm just pulling up his Wikipedia here. And he you know, in 1995, he co-founded some company with his brother called Zip2. It was a software company. It ended up getting acquired by Compact for $307 million in 1999. Now, obviously, the vast majority of us aren't, you know, Mensa-level geniuses like, like Elon Musk. But for him to start that company, some software company, you know, then he builds an online bank called X.com, which then ended up merging and becoming PayPal, which was then bought by eBay for $1.5 billion. Okay, well, now at this point, two years after that, he found SpaceX, which we're all familiar with now. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know it was around for that long. Jesus, that's 19 years. But so he, st he starts SpaceX in 2002, which is obviously part of his passion now and something that he throws a lot of uh, energy into. And then in 2004, he started or he joined the electric manufacturer Tesla Motors. I mean, so he started off making software, you know, then a banking system, and then, but that got him to where he is today, which is obviously kind of what fuels his passion. I mean, the guy's a, an amazing innovator, a crazy mind, and he's also, you know, back, backing all these guys who are completely screwing over the hedge fund. So it's pretty cool. But to see if somebody like Elon Musk kind of starts through tasks like that to build up to where he is. I mean, come on, if there's anybody else that we could kind of look to, I can't think of a better example. The guy starts in software, goes into banking, and then now he's building rocket ships to go to Mars, and he's building the most technologically advanced vehicles we've ever seen. I mean, I don't know how better to put it than looking at Elon Musk's career path. So if you guys really think that you know, doing some job that doesn't necessarily fuel your passion, thinking that that's going to somehow rob your life of meaning or desire to go to work, like you're looking at it the wrong way. I've never lived to work. I don't ever plan on living to work. I work to live. And I think, I think it's a pretty healthy way to look at it. I mean, sure, there's some jobs or some days that I find more 
reason, more desire to go to work than others, but it's all funding my life. It's building, you know, I have my fun away from work. Uh, sure, I, I enjoy some days of work, but it, that's not what my life is about. My life is about my family. My life is about passions outside of it, you know, this podcast and all. Well, actually, you know what? Downloads are going up. Uh, what are we at? Um, the last few weeks, they've been going up quite a bit. So thank you to any of you new listeners. And I don't know where all you came from, but thank you. I appreciate you. Probably some from the Fumbled Penis podcast, which great podcast again, but Thanks for joining me. I have noticed a spike in the numbers in the past couple of weeks, so maybe that's a good sign. Maybe I won't have to work so hard and I can take a day off here and there, but I'm not counting on it, not for a few years anyway. It took me, and okay, so again, looking at this mindset, like it took me four years to build up to becoming a journeyman in electrical in my career now. So oh, this is another thing, okay, this is going to be a bit of a tangent, but on all of the kind of social media Facebook pages for podcasting and just podcasting help like I, I find they're they're awesome tools you kind of you gain a lot of knowledge it's it's nice to bounce ideas off of different people who are kind of doing the same thing but the idea of instant success on something like a podcast when you're a nobody like me it's not going to happen like you got to build from the ground up again it took me four years to become an electrician I don't expect this podcast to go off for at least four years. That's just the time frame I've set for myself. That's how long it took me to build one career. That's the bare minimum I'm willing to put in to build this thing. So anyway, on those podcast pages, the most common question is, how do I monetize? How do I increase my listenership? And I think there's only one way to do it, and it's to be interested and passionate about whatever you're talking about. I mean, I love personally listening to comedy podcasts. It's not what I'm very good at, but I, I'm a fan of comedy. So that's what most of my podcast queue is all about. I, <laughs> I have no need for motivational podcasts. I, my reason to wake up and get to work every morning, I've got, you know, five of them, four kids and a wife. So I, I don't really need any added motivation. That's enough for me. Um, but I like listening to comedy podcasts and I like listening to podcasts where people are genuinely interested in a topic or they're passionate about it. And that's what I'm, again, what I'm trying to do here. This is something that I really enjoy doing. I like talking to you guys. And my favorite part of it is always kind of the interactions when you guys reach out on social media or through email, whatever it is. Lately, the only emails I keep getting are people who will see my post and say, hey, do you want to put your podcast on my platform? It's no, i I'm fine. I, I'm just going to pluck away at this by myself for now until I kind of figure my figure my way through this all. And uh, yeah, but it's, it, you know, it's enjoyable. I like I like interacting with people. That's my favorite part. And I'm going to gradually build this thing from the ground up. So again, looping back to the idea of not needing to, you know, get right into your dream job right away. Another person who, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably very familiar with the Joe Rogan experience and Joe Rogan's podcast that guy started doing something that maybe a lot of people would consider a dream job, you know, acting on news radio and all that kind of stuff, his first jobs in Hollywood. But if you listen to him talk about it, he hated it. He didn't enjoy it at all. It wasn't his passion. It wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted to do comedy and to do his own thing, which, again, you know, you've got Elon Musk, you've got Joe Rogan. These guys are two titans in their own industries who started from somewhere that they didn't find a lot of meaning, but they took all those lessons moving forward and put them into building up a career for themselves that's very self-fulfilling. And these guys are, again, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to compare myself to any of them, but 
because I'm, I, you know, that's just not my path in life, I don't think. But the fact that they were able to start doing something that they didn't necessarily have a lot of passion for or that wasn't their true calling and then they just build up and gradually got to where they wanted to be doing what their own thing whatever that was it's that kind of stuff is incredible and it's something that you know us as everyday joes or whatever take that lesson moving forward you don't have to you don't have to be in a position that you absolutely love right now you've got a whole life ahead of you just do what you can now build up those lessons, build up that character and move forward into doing something that you really do enjoy and something that you find a lot of passion in. It's the only thing that I hope you kind of take from this. It's one thing that I like to try to convey through trades. It's, you know, build up those skills and then they can take you to all different places. Like I've worked across Canada. There have been job opportunities in like Australia and other places like the Canadian Red Seal for electrical is pretty universal. Like it can take you a lot of across a lot of different countries with that same certification. So why not why not pick up a trade certificate, pick up some kind of useful skill that then you could apply to anywhere else in the world and you can go travel, you can do whatever you want, but just find something and stick to it and complete it. There's, you know, you find so much drive and so much fulfillment through sticking to something and then really seeing it through to the end that's a lifelong skill that you can apply to anything that you set your mind to sorry i had to stop myself there almost got too preachy and uh, motivational there but you know if there's any one lesson that i hope you take from this it's screw finding or waiting around for that perfect dream job Find something you experience fulfillment in and helps to fund your life and what's important to you. Again, for me, that's my family, that's my kids, that's everything that I do outside of work. And if you've got your dream job perfect, you know, all the power to you. I'm, you know, slightly jealous, like I I enjoy my job, but, you know, it is what it is, it's work. But make sure you've got a life that makes your time and energy spent at work worth it. There's nothing, there's no point in spending all this time doing something if you've got nothing to go home to or nothing to nothing to spend that money on or to put your energy back into after. So do whatever you have to do to build your life. Don't focus solely on finding that job where you can find all your meaning out of work or what you do for a living. That's It's not my way of going through life and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Again, I don't live to work. I work to live. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. I can feel this pre-workout wearing off. I'm starting to get that caffeine crash. And it's time for bed anyway. So I hope that you guys found some value in this week's episode. I don't even remember what I started to talk about at the beginning. So hopefully it's good. I'm pretty much right down to the wire as far as uploading this thing. So I didn't want to mail it in though. So I really pumped myself up on some stimulants here to try to get this thing going. Fire up the old brain cells. But uh, anyway, hopefully you did find some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. I've kind of given up on Twitter. It's it's just not my thing. I'm way too late to the party. And right now, if you want to go look at my uh, Instagram page, I've got a great video of my kid farting. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I've laughed at it probably at least 50 times now rewatching it. It's great. Uh, so that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reached out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.